Okay, off we go to the Wild West show, the elephants, lions, and kangaroos. Bill Waters out there somewhere. That one was for you. Welcome once again to the program. Glad to be with you on this Friday. Coming up on the show, Elliot makes his uh, his daily stop here in a couple of moments. We'll go over the, uh, the Rangers-St. Louis Blues trade from yesterday, which we briefly discussed as the show went off the air. We'll get a little more in-depth with it with Elliot Friedman. By the way, the Rangers, the new-look Rangers, the Tarasenko-led Rangers, tonight face off against the Seattle Kraken, one of only four games on this Friday around the NHL. And as expected, I mean, this is going to be must-watch, right? Like, you have to watch Tarasenko playing with the New York Rangers. Well, first of all, you have to watch the New York Rangers because they're just flat-out playing great hockey and might have had the game of the year against Calgary earlier on this week. Top line, as expected, from left to right, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, and Vladimir Tarasenko. That could be real special. Heads up, Kraken. Kreider, Trocek, and Vitaly Kratsov raise his eyebrow. Alexi Lafreniere, Filipino, and Capocaco, uh, as Elliot refers to them, the boys to men line. Uh, VC and a combination of either Lysician or Goodrow and Julian Goche on the right. Uh, so that is what the Rangers are throwing tonight at the Seattle Kraken. But the headline is, of course, Vladimir Tarasenko makes his debut for the New York Rangers. Now, one of the things that you hear us talk about quite often here on this show or the podcast or really any time that Elliot's on, and it might happen again here in a couple of moments, is the saying, the math isn't good or the math looks favorable. As we look at different ways to dissect the schedule and to dissect the standings and to project out, I know half the fun is waiting for a team to erupt and go on that big, long run. And it always makes it, I don't know, extra spicy, extra interesting, extra entertaining when you're battling not just other teams, but you're battling math. And that's one of the reasons why I like these miracle stories towards the end. Like a couple of years ago, well, the Hamburglar story might have been the best one. St. Louis and the, the Bennington story was a great one because that culminated in 2019 with the Stanley Cup victory by the St. Louis Blues. But a couple of seasons ago, you know, UC Saros decided that David Poyle was not going to blow up the Nashville Predators. You know, two years ago, it was looking like, oh boy, Poyle is going to trade. Let me see here. Let me look at the lineup. Oh, yeah, everybody and completely blow up the Preds. And that's when UC Saros just kind of went nuclear and said, forget it, everybody get on my 5'11", if he is indeed 5'11", sized back, and I'm going to carry this team into the playoffs. Had a good opening round as well against Carolina. That was a real special time, and that's one of those stories you follow down the stretch post-trade deadline just to see who could knock the billiard balls around. Now, for a lot of teams, we'll focus initially on the east and then dovetail to the west. For some of the teams, the math is good, Buffalo Sabres, I'm looking your direction. Uh, right now, three points out of the wild card spot, but uh, they've only played 50 games. So they don't need to battle math. They just need to battle teams. They do not need to battle math. However, teams that need to battle math are the New York Islanders, who may be tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins at 59 points uh, for that last wild card spot, but they've played five more games than Sidney Crosby and company. That I don't need to tell you is a lot. Florida Panthers are interesting here. Very quietly, they've kind of snuck up on the pack. It was a cozy five minutes ago. We kind of wrote them off and said, "Uh uh-oh, no playoffs and no first-round pick. Man, that Ben Chirot trade looks bad. 6-2-2 in their last 10. They've won three games in a row. They beat the San Jose Sharks by a final score of 4-1 yesterday, and they're one point out, but... 
the Pittsburgh Penguins have four games in hand over the Florida Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are battling teams, and the Panthers are battling math. Minnesota Wild, meanwhile, are going the wrong way. We've talked about them needing goals. That's true. Uh, they lose last night to the Vegas Golden Knights 5-1. to one. Wednesday, they lose 4-1 to one to the Dallas Stars. Earlier on this week, they lost 3-2 to the Arizona Coyotes. They have played 51 games. It's probably going to come down to, as it looks right now, a battle between the Minnesota Wild and the Calgary Flames for that final wild card spot. And I mentioned Nashville off the top. It doesn't look good for the Preds. Now, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Nashville Predators. I've liked them and the organization, a lot of people on the team in and around the organization from pretty much day one. Um, was rooting for them when they almost got hijacked and taken to Hamilton. Apologies, fans listening in Hamilton. Uh, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Um, they lose to Vegas on Tuesday, 5-1. to one. That's a tough game. That's one they have to win. You know, I mentioned two seasons ago it was UC Soros who took the team to the promised land when it was looking like David Poyle was going to have to blow the whole thing up. You know, it's coming down to a situation where you walk into the Nashville Predators dressing room and you say, is there another UC Soros in this room? Maybe even UC Soros. Let's get the show started. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Kristen Shilton from ESPN drops by at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about the uh, Kyle Dubas presser from yesterday. We'll talk about the Connor Timmons signing and what may on, be on the horizon for the Maple Leafs. Hour two, we have random player once again kicking it off. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic. More on the uh, Tarasenko trade from St. Louis to the New York Rangers. And EJ Raddick uh, from the NHL Network stops by an hour or two as well. Meantime, from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada, he is the one and only Elliot Friedman. How are you on this Friday, Frege? I'm good, Jeff. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well. I got a, a couple things in mind here to, to talk to you about today. And, you know, uh, a lot of them are going to revolve around. We talked plenty about it on the podcast that came out this morning, the St. Louis Blues deal uh, with Vladimir Tarasenko. We'll see him tonight. So I think a lot of eyes are going to be on that Rangers Seattle game, one of only four around the NHL. Um, but I'm going to talk to Shilton here at the bottom. And so I'll get more into it with her. But one of the things that we talked about on the uh, on the podcast was the idea of the Toronto Maple Leafs going big game hunting or maybe should we say big fish hunting in San Jose with the Sharks and Timo Meyer. Now, Kyle Dubas at the presser yesterday, you know, tried to throw, you know, some some water or some uh, throw, you know, hand out some calm down pills to everybody by saying maybe don't expect the big splash here. Sometimes it's the tweaks you make at deadline and not the big trades. What are your spidey senses telling you about the Maple Leafs, what they have in mind, and could it include Timo Meyer? You know, I think more likely than not, it's what Dubas talked about yesterday. Uh, but I think he has thought about some big things. Like, I, I'm – and sometimes it's, it's tough to tell if it's due diligence or anything more than that. But I think they called San Jose on Meyer and, and just said, look, if we were to do it, what are we talking about here? And um, so I think they've done that. Now, do I, do I think it's more likely they go after like a Barbashev type? Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably true. Um, I, you know, I think they'll also look at someone like Gavrikov for their, for their blue line. 
But, and I think, like, mm-hmm. I, like I think they're one of those teams that's been around St. Louis, like the Barbachevs, the Achardis, maybe O'Reilly, yeah. like that kind of a thing. But I do think they've called on guys like Meyer. And, and the thing we laid out on the podcast today is, um, you know, the, the idea that at cer- certain times you have to go for it. And the one thing, and, and I don't think it's because this is Kyle Dubas's last year in his contract. I, I, I think that's selfish thinking, and I don't think he thinks like that. But one thing I do think he believes in is that you take your chances when your team is good. And this team is good. You know, I mean, we, we all have a lot of questions about regular season versus playoffs. But when you look at this year, when their defense got hurt, when their top two goalies went down, and not right now they're, they're one of their top two goalies is down, they've played pretty well. Like, to me, that's a sign that you've got a good team. And I think he's thought about it. Now, does he actually do it? There's a big difference between thinking about it and doing it. The risk with, a, with something like Meyer, and, I, and the way Dubas thinks, I absolutely believe he's waited, is if what, you know what you have to trade to get Meyer. It's a lot. And then yeah. basically what you're doing is you're trading the kind of guys he said he won't trade yesterday for a rental for a player who, because of their contract status, uh, cap situation, his contract status, <laughs> Jeff could be a rental. And, you know, the thing is, like, the thing that fascinates me most about it is basically they could trade for him and they could punt all their decisions out of the offseason. They could, they could say, okay, we see where all this is going. We'll, we'll see how, who does what in the playoffs and then make our choices then. And maybe, based on what happens in the playoffs, they say, okay, we're going to flip Meyer, or we're going to trade someone else, and we can recoup what we gave up for Meyer. I mean, I just, the right. way Dubas thinks, Jeff, I think they've thought about it. Do they do it? I would say probably not. But I believe he's thought about it. Mm-hmm. You know, to the uh, to the idea of going for it this year because they have a good team. Uh, curious your thoughts on uh, on this one. So two weeks ago, just doing prep for the uh, for Hockey Night in Canada, uh, texting with one manager, and we were talking about Toronto. And this is after talking to Chris Cuthbert here on the show, and, and CC mentioned something along the lines of, you know, maybe reading the room and looking at Boston and what they're doing with this last hurrah, perhaps with this bunch and Tampa's good again, etc. Do the Maple Leafs maybe, you know, look to punt it into next season? And I presented that uh, to one manager, uh, who te- who te- hang on, you'll, I mean, I think you're going to be in agreement with this one, who texted back to me. The Maple Leafs don't have the luxury right now of even thinking about punting on this season, considering everything that's at stake. Agree or disagree? I, I agree with that. I, I completely agree with that. First of all, I don't believe this story because it involves you doing show prep. So I, I don't know that it's actually true. <laughs> <Good point. laughs> secondly, secondly, but when I say when I in in my opening answer to your question, Jeff, when I say punt it, I'm talking about punting it into June. 
Like I'm not. No, no, talking I'm talking. About, I'm talking. About, yeah, I, I, I know I, what you're talking I'm talk, about. I'm, t- I'm I, talking about like not, yeah. not, not going for it at deadline and saying, you know what, Boston's too good, Tampa's too good at Century, etc. Let's look to next season. That's what yeah, I was yeah. looking. I know you're talking I'm about not, punting the decision on. Monday. I was talking about like a coffin corner pooch punt. Like you're on, like, like your <laughs> your field goal kicker doesn't have that range, so you're trying to pin them down at the goal line. I'm not talking about yeah. like. A, a 70 yarder. Um, I, he, here's the other reason I, I don't look, if they punt this year, number one, Dubas gets fired. So like that's, that's yeah. not happening. And number two, if this year goes bad, you know, the people that pay our salaries, they make 37.5% of the decisions at, 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 uh, at MLC. And I have a real suspicion of what their opinion is going to be. Like, you know, like our guys don't answer these questions when I ask them. Um, they, they like to keep a bit of a separation between church and state. But I heard that yeah. the owners made it very clear early in this year when things were going not too good in October that they weren't going to have a lot of patience. And uh, a first-round playoff exit, Jeff, you know, I, I, I don't think that's going to be very well received. <laughs> You know, um, off the uh, off the Maple Leaf page, big game yesterday at UBS. Bo Horvat scores, Anthony Bevilliers scores, um, Elias Pettersson, the best player on the ice. Two big goals for Pettersson. Vancouver beats the New York Islanders. And you know, a- as we have a look at trade deadline here, I think a lot of us are wondering about what else is next for the Vancouver Canucks. And yeah. don't look now, but Brock Besser's got like 18 mm-hmm. points in 19 games. He's played. Yeah. You know some tremendous hockey. So if you're a if you're a team that's look, like, I I can't I, again like I'll keep coming back to it even though I know it's maybe illogical, but I'm just trying to draw. I'm just trying to put two things together here because it looks like it fits. I look at Brock Bester and I say, okay, let me look around the NHL. Who needs help on the power play? And then I say to myself, well, maybe the team that Brock Bester was playing last night, and maybe it's that mm-hmm. same team that just one of his teammates got traded to as well. I know, again, we talk so much about the math not working. I know the math doesn't work, and it would take some stick handling to make it work. But that's the name that jumped. That's the, the team name that jumped to mind, the Islanders. If you're looking for goal scoring, I know that Minnesota looking for goal scoring too, but the Islanders kind of jumped to mind right away. Need help on the power play? Islanders are that team. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. You know, they're, they're in a tight cap spot right now. So that, to me, number one is how do they do that? Um, and number two, like that, that was a bad loss for the Islanders. You know, they have, they have two really nice wins. At least you've got to get a point out of that one because the math is not, is not good for them. Um, so that was a, that was a, that was a bad loss. Um, I look at, I, I, like Minnesota to me seems like the obvious one because I think that's where Besser wants to go. Uh, I just, everything I just hear is they can't make it fit. Like, you know, <laughs> there was this whole Greenway thing going around this week, and I looked yeah. into that, and I just heard they can't make it fit, even even with that move. And, um, <clears throat> but the thing is, <clears throat> Besser's doing his job. He's getting points. He's scoring. Like, that's all you can yeah. do. You do your job, and things take care of themselves. 
uh, and he is doing that. Oh, speaking of which, something I wanted to mention. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna mention this to you on the podcast last night, and I, I plum forgot because, again, to your point about show prep. So let me throw this out at you now. So that Tampa, that Tampa, Colorado game was real fun. If you're a Tampa fan, not so much um, Colorado. Just like a, a, a romp by the uh, by the uh, by the two-time Stanley Cup champions, not the single, um, but front and center with a pair of goals uh, is Brandon Hagel. He scores goals number 20 and 21 last night. We talk a lot about Kucherov and Stamkos and Vasilevsky and Hedman. Here's a guy that makes $1.5 million. He had two goals last night, so he now has 21 on the season. And he is number one at 65. Number one at takeaways. Marner is two, Slavin is three. Marner is 63 Mm -hmm. and Slavin at 56. It's $1.5 million this year, $1.5 million next year. He's already over 20 goals this season. Is yep. he not one of the best value players in the NHL? I know they paid a lot to get him, but is he not one of the best value players in the NHL, period? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And the other thing, too, is, Jeff, like I, I don't think you pay, if you win, you'll pay whatever it takes. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's and, why I'm so that's why I'm so curious about like uh, like like what Tampa's going to do here, Jeff. Because like we talk about like the cutthroat GMs in the league, like Iserman. I think I mm-hmm. think Brisbois is right there. Like like you know we always joke about Lamorello and Lamorello Light. That's Iserman, and Verbeek now is Iserman yeah. Light. Like people say, like you should have a nickname for Breezebois because he's he's right in that class. Like he's like right well, there, right there. You know the 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 best maybe the the best and most recent example to point at is Ryan McDonough, and we talked to McDonough about this on yeah. a podcast not too long ago. Like that is a cold-hearted, ruthless, emotionless just stone-faced hard business decision that yeah. he made on Ryan McDonough who now finds himself a member of the Preds and everybody was stunned and nobody in the organization wanted him to do it considering what McDonough had put his body through yeah. for so many years for this team and the two cups etc 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 too bad we're moving you like I- I'm with you I think that guy <laughs> That guy can be a stone-cold killer. I, so, I really believe that. He'll make the really tough decisions. So this week they had two bad losses, right? They got wiped out by Florida, yep. like just blown off the ice. And then they lost to San yep. Jose in a game they were <laughs> under control. <laughs> and so someone says to me, this is the right year for Toronto to get Tampa. And I'm like, this again? We were talking about this last oh, year, geez, no. and, and and he goes, no, 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 like those guys are tired. They just, they're a great team. Uh, they're just tired. They need a long summer. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this again, and then they go out and they just destroy Colorado last night. Now let's not forget no Macar, but you know no you car. still, it's it's not like you're playing. Like you know your 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 kids' kindergarten team, like that's that's a good team, and they beat them five nothing. <laughs> but you know, I yeah. was talking about someone with that about someone with this this morning, um, Jeff, and you know the thing that I, I was talking about, like maybe it's time, 
they need a long summer, they're tired, whatever, they're worn down. And the guy said to me, you know what, all of that could be true. But you know what the problem with that is? And I said, okay, what, what's that? And they go, the general manager. Like, the general manager is not going to want to hear that. He's going to be like, I'm going to get something that's going to help us. Now, Tampa is very tough to get information out of, but the thing that I've heard they're looking for is a prick, like just like a really tough pain in the ass guy. And, you know, like they've had good, you just, and I thought about it because you mentioned Hagel, he fits. Okay. You know who I think of as soon as you mention that? Who's that? Pick up the phone, call the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning and ask about Tyler Bertuzzi. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I got to tell you, I think that that is a great idea. You know, the, the Tyler Bertuzzi thing is interesting because I don't think a Canadian team can do it. Um, I think an American team can do it. Um, you know, there are some, like mm-hmm. the Leafs, for example, they've liked Bertuzzi before. And, um, yeah. yeah, but he got, he was hurt and it was, it was just not there. But I think that, um, I, like the a U.S. team can do it. And, you know, the reason, like, I'm not exactly sure what all the rules are now, but he's, he's not vaccinated. He can cross the border Canada to the U.S. because he's on a U.S. work visa. But I think if he was to get traded to a Canadian team, it might be different. And it might be a problem. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense for a team like Tampa Bay, yeah. And he fits, well, we, but we've always made so much about that third line they had, the Yanni Gord line. Yeah. And as they continue to try to recreate that with various players, whether it's, you know, Maroon and Perry, et cetera, Hagel, uh, Nick Paul, um, Bertuzzi kind of fits that mold, man. Like, he really does. I, I just said that just as you were talking. Like, that's the first thing that, that jumped to mind. And, and now I find myself, as you're, as you're talking, talking myself into it about how it really is um, a, a, a nice... Can you imagine a team, Elliot, imagine a team that has Patrick Maroon, Corey Perry, and Tyler Bertuzzi on it? You want to talk about a miserable team to play against in the opening round? <laughs> like, if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, like, that is an awful... That is an awful-sounding opponent in the first round. When they are at the healthiest they are going to be in the playoffs, that's the team you draw. Oh, no thanks, man. I'm uh, I'm, I'm taking a pass on that if I'm the Maple Leafs. <laughs> All right, uh, the trade yesterday. And we'll see Vladimir Tarasenko tonight as the Rangers face yeah. off against the Seattle Kraken. And as expected, Tarasenko playing with Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. The kids stay together. Trocek, Kreider, and Vitaly Kratsov on the right side yeah. there. Um, which oh, is that's interesting about Kratsov. Trade deadline time. Oh, yeah, it sure is. Crash. I mentioned that off the top. That eyebrow raise on that one. Uh, showcase, ladies and gentlemen. Showcase. Well, I, I think um, the player uh, is. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. I apologize. I was just going to say I was going to get your thoughts on it, but if you want to expound on Kratsov, happy to hear it. Well, first of all, like there was a rumor yesterday that Kratsov was in the deal, which obviously turned out to be incorrect. He wasn't. Um, but yeah. I think the player. I think the player has made it clear that if uh, uh, he's not going to play there, he'd like to go somewhere else, the opportunity to go somewhere else. And it's not the first time that's happened. Like the relationship between Krasov and the Rangers has been on again and off again. And one thing that's very clear about Chris Drury that we've learned about him in the short time he's been at GM 
is he doesn't like to give players away for free. Like, he didn't put Blay on waivers. He put him in the trade. He didn't put Hayek on waivers till today uh, or yesterday because he had to. By the way, that was Mikola Erasure. He is also making his debut tonight, Jeff. But he didn't put Hayek on oh, waivers. I, apo- I apologize. Yeah, it's better. I, I uh, always uh, mention the third third pairing lefty. I know. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so, I, like, I think, you know, he didn't put Hayek on waivers and, uh, until he absolutely had to. And, and, you know, I'm not surprised he's not doing this with Krasov. But I think I, I think the players made it clear that uh, he would like a change of scenery if this isn't going to work for him. Um, you know, overall, though, uh, you know, like, like the, the, the thing that's going to be fascinating here is, and this has been talked about a little bit, uh, is going to be Tarasenko's mood. Um, I think that he was, he was clearly unhappy in St. Louis. Um, you know, I mean... Like, I remember Tarasenko during the stand. When they won the Stanley Cup in 2019, he was a bull, and he was hurt. Like, he played hard in a lot of pain. And I just remember, um, you know, he wasn't always a difference maker because he was hurt, but he competed. Like, he, I, I just remember watching him in that class and saying, and guys were telling me, he's really banged up, and he just, but he was a force. At, at, or at least he tried to be as best as he could. I really respected that uh, about him. Uh, there's, you know, he, he, last year he asked for the trade. He played really well. And then this year the trade hadn't happened. The con- There really weren't, wasn't anything in the way of contract talks. I don't think he knew his time was coming to an end there, and he just wasn't very happy. Mm-hmm. And it, actually, if you look at the Blues record this year, they had a better record without him in the lineup than it was in, when he was in. And I think it was just time. And I, and I think the people who watched Tarasenko and, like, one of the teams that decided not to do it, they just said the number one thing we're, you're going to be looking at is just how much happier he is to play. And they think in New York with Panarin, mm-hmm. that's going to be a good match for him. You know, it's um. Listen, he asked for a trade. What was it? Two years ago. Twenty-one months ago. You know, so yeah, it's not going to be a surprise to anybody that you know um, that uh, uh, that he gets moved, and you know, it's the Rangers, and there's been a dance there before. A couple of things. One, do you have any idea how close it got with the Islanders? And two, I mean, it's very rare that we find out who's asked for a trade. Yeah, I think sometimes agents like like it to be known uh, that a player has asked for a trade, but it's very rare. You know, you've you've nailed a few uh, have asked for a trade stories before. Yeah, maybe I don't know that if 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 asking a what percentage of the league has asked for a trade, but you know how sizable the expected is. You know, because a lot of this remains a mystery, and we only find out about it years later. Oh yeah, he had he had asked for a trade a year ago. Do you have any idea how many current players you think have have asked for trades, looked for different scenarios? We hear rumors and whispers, but any idea? I, I think there's a few. Like the toughest thing is proving it, right? Like there's there's one player I, I, I there's one player I'm 100 percent convinced has asked for a trade, but the team denies it and the agent denies it. Like what are you going to do? And yeah. uh, you know, I mean, like, and, and sometimes you go with it anyway. But, you know, you're just not 100% sure. Like that, 
that negativity, just that, that chance that you're 1% wrong, it just gnaws at you. I, I, like, I, like I know of a couple, or I think I know of a couple right now that I just can't prove. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think there's some out there. But you know the other thing that happens, Jeff, is there's different ways to ask for a trade. Like, like I think there's players, and what they do is their, their contracts are up, and the team says, let's talk about an extension. The player goes, you know what, I'm just, I'm just not going to sign. And that's not asking for a trade, but that's basically yeah. telling you everything you need to know. Like there's, you know, I, I think that happens <laughs> here and there out there, out, out there too. Yeah. You know, you know what it's like in, um, in MMA, for example, yeah. uh, fighters never let, n- never want to quit. Like there are some fighters that, you know, you're in your corner between rounds and you're really getting beaten up and you really want to quit, but you never want to tell the, the, the referee, um, that you want to quit. So the, one of the code ways that you quit without quitting when like, if you're bad and you like cut up and you know, your eyes are all swollen, uh, when the ref, uh, come, comes into your, to your corner to ask if you want to, if you want to quit, instead of saying, I want to quit, you say like, uh, just hang on a second. I can't see. I just need to get this out of my eyes because right now I can't see, but I don't want to quit. The minute an official hears, I can't see the fight That's is the over. You haven't, yeah. re- you haven't really quit because you haven't said I give up. But wink, wink. There's no way someone's going to let you out of the corner if you're saying I can't see. If you catch my drift. Well, so well you know what? I don't know. I, like, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge MMA guy. I mean, I, I watch my Ariel Hawani, and so he tells me everything I need to know. But I would I would guess Jeff that seeing is kind of an important ability in those fights. Just a little bit, the ability to uh, defend yourself by being able to see the punches and kicks, to say nothing of knees and elbows that are coming your way, are are, are pretty consequential here. Uh, okay, um, yeah, I think that's about it. Anything else burning or pressing today? I mean, we all sort of have eyes on hockey night tomorrow, but anything else top of mind right now? I think, you know, the waiver wire is 90 minutes away, and we'll see what Edmonton does here. They've got a situation where Yamamoto can, can come up. I, like, to me, if they have to waive somebody, like the two guys I've wondered about were Pugliarvi and Fuller. And, you know, Pugliarvi's the one who hasn't been playing. So if you're going, I mean, we'll see if they do anything between now and then. But, you yeah. know, that's, that's the one I kind of wondered. The the, I wonder about Poyarvi. I don't know that he'll get claimed just because of the ticket, just because of how much he makes. To me, that's one of those kind of giveaway deals where you absorb some of the money, and another team takes him, and the rest of the season is sort of an audition for a one million dollar contract for next season. Well, that's like, exactly he, he's gonna what end it up is. With another, th- th- exactly what it is. Like that. That's. That, that, that my belief here is he's ending up on another team and the remainder of the season is essentially going to be his training camp for next year. Show mm-hmm. me what you got. Should we offer you a deal? That's kind of how it it feels like it's playing out. But we'll see here in uh, an hour and a half uh, when uh, when we find out who's on waivers. Uh, okay, there we go. Friday, uh, Friday afternoon with Elliot Friedman. Thank you so much, Fried, as always. We will talk to you on Hockey Night tomorrow. All right, Jeff. Have a good, uh, have a good weekend. We'll see you tomorrow.